deserve happiness and I take full charge of my life today. Hello and welcome to episode 111 of Ribbon of Memes, a podcast where we interrogate films. Oh dear me, one more try. I I, I think we dominate films. (laughs) We do dominate films but uh, not this opening. Um, I'm still in post-Covid, that's my excuse. Um, I am Nick. I am the uh, well, the uh, the genial sidekick of the podcast, and I am joined as ever by Lord of Darkness, Roger. I never drink wine because I am on antibiotics. <laughs> well, you'd have to be with the state of those teeth. We are discussing a bang up to date film, depending when you're listening to this, 2023's horror comedy, Renfield. And I think, I think it's fair to say the only reason we looked more than in passing at this is because we have been so impressed with Nick Cage in both Pig and Colour Out of Space. And are you disappointed now or do you remain impressed? Well, let's save that for the conclusion. Okay. So <laughs> Renfield is the story of the uh, eponymous, uh, well, variably familiar, he's called in this film. I was more thinking of him as a ghoul, but basically a a still living servant of the undead vampire. Um, he uh, appeared in Stoker's uh, Bram Stoker's original novel Dracula, um, and has been in a lot of the adaptations of film since. As a very minor character, I don't think he ever plays much of a role. I remember him cropping up a, a fair bit in. Um, Nosferatu. That was a good one, wasn't it? Which which is reasonably close to the version in the novel. I mean, he he is mad. Uh, Yeah, this is pretty much his defining characteristic. Um, He eats eats bugs. He eats vermin, and at least in in the original novel, though not always in the follow-ons, he gets um, life force at least from them, and sometimes actual powers. But sometimes he's just. Yeah, well, he, you know, no, no, no sane man can fight a madman, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it's something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, um, yeah, he gets some, uh, tiny portions of, uh, Dracula's powers in the stories. But here we have, um, well, another, um, uh, actor we've been impressed with previously, because this is, uh, Nicholas, um, oh goodness, my mind has gone blank. Rogue? Holt. No. Holt. Uh, who we previously encountered in Mad Max 4. Uh, well, a very different character. Yeah, but also I think he he was much more of a character than actual Max, because Max is Max, and he doesn't change what he mm. is, whereas his character there, uh, Holt's character there, goes through, you know, I, I am a faithful warrior for the warlord to, I'm actually going to do the right thing and die of it. So, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> spoilers for uh, Mad Max 4, but it is uh, it's a very good film. Uh, and in there, I can't remember if we discussed it or not, but Max is basically the iconic 
unmovable mm. character around which the other characters' stories happen. Charlie's Theron also had a much more um, as uh, Furiosa. Yeah, um, and every, everybody uh, else ha- has a has a character arc, and Max just continues to be Max, basically. Max is just Max. Um, he does uh, he does get strapped to the front of a car though, but I suppose a lot of people do in that film. Anyway, Nicholas Holt here is doing um a very passable Hugh Grant impression for much of the film as far as I can oh, tell. I haven't seen Hugh Grant much so I, I didn't really spot that but fair enough. Uh, there's a lot of uh, forwardings in a funeral DNA in this. Uh, the shit and fuck kind of uh, it, it, in some actually sometimes it goes too far for me being quite familiar with forwardings in a funeral it is too on the nose as an impression um in some yeah. aspects it, it it comes and goes a bit but um but he's very different it's fair to say uh, from his character so this iteration of renfield yes he gets superpowers from eating bugs but also he he gets immortality from continuing to serve dracula yes or, or su- su- such as his impression at least so he do- he doesn't like it but he essentially hasn't had hasn't had the gumption to do anything about this relationship. And the, this the thing I found really interesting is, although some of the therapy stuff is played for laughs, I think yes. that the heart of the film is basically, well, yeah, you do need to talk out your problems and work out when you are in a dependent relationship and that you can do something about it. Well, yeah, for so all it's played for I laughs, guess... it works. <laughs> the, the undercurrent of the film really is that it's about toxic relationships and in a way Renfield Dracula is the ultimate toxic relationship um but it uh I'm I'm less sure it completely works um that bit but I I actually I think there's parts of this film that work very well Mm. there's parts that work okay and I think the therapy for me worked okay there's parts that fell quite flat ultimately um Mm. So I guess uh, I I agree the therapy bit. So we have him basically joining a self help group, um, uh, well not a self uh, uh, a therapy group to talk about their partners and ostensibly is there um, to uh, pick up victims because his idea is uh, I'm going to pick up the toxic characters that they're talking about and take them instead uh, and, and bring feel- them back to feed Dracula. And, and bring them back to feed Dracula, who is recovering from his latest near-death experience, which is um, um, exposure to sunlight. Uh, there's some great um, uh, effects in this film, and, and <laughs> mm. Dracula post-sunlight is one of them. Um, we'll talk about maybe the uh, the uh, splat gore <laughs> moments of it. Um, the therapy, uh, yeah, it, it works well. And, and yes, what people are talking about works well. It just never kind of... Maybe doesn't need to, but never quite del- dwells on it. And then there's a moment in the film, spoiler, of course, where they're all brought back from the dead. Uh, uh, and that fell a bit flat for me as well, that they're just sort of joking about, oh, we died and we came back and we can't unsee things. Yeah, well, as with Tom Cruise's uh, mummy from a few years back, it seems to me that if you do, in fact, have the ability to raise people from the dead, you kind of have a certain obligation to, you know, use that a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Rather yeah, than just go it, off and have adventures. It's played for laughs, but yes, to me that was such a game changing thing that it uh I don't we are uh we geeks in the sense that if you have a, a world changing thing, uh, you shouldn't just use that as a one off joke. Unless it's a very good joke. Um 
but yes, it works well. So Renfield's very different here. He's a, a a kind of foppish Englishman, and yes, if you've seen Four Weddings and a Funeral, you've seen the kind of character that that Renfield is playing. Um, yeah, as presented here, he he. And more or less, as in the novel, he he was he he takes a certain amount of the Harker role as well. You know, he was the estate yes. agent sent to sell Dracula the property in England. Yes, and I think ignored all the warning annoying, signs in order to uh, make lots of money. Yes. Um, and so we have another part of it that works pretty well for me because this is this is uh, I don't Universal went through a phase. Uh, of trying to reinvigorate all their old universal monsters, the Invisible Man, the Wolf Man. Yeah, um, in fact, the Tom Cruise Mummy was was one of the films that utterly killed that. Well, exactly. <laughs> they were so unsuccessful. That, that uh, and uh, Dracula Untold. Yeah. So this, I think, was originally pitched as one of those um, and then got kind of rewritten to up the comedy, probably. Hmm. And, uh, uh, yeah, so uh, we have this, um, but the beauty of that is that we have, um, uh, well, Nicolas Cage, who I guess we should probably talk about at this point. Nicolas Cage is Dracula and it, he is superimposed on the old universal opening as is, um, Nicholas Holt. Uh, I think he's put over the Jonathan Harker character. That's how sort of close they are. Um, but it feels like Nicholas. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is just having the time of his life, quite clearly, yeah. and because he is... The role requires him to choose the scenery, and oh boy, he's tucking in. <laughs> when he, uh, We were surprised in Pig that when he has to be subtle, he can be very subtle. He's a very varied actor, but when he wants to ham it up, oh my goodness, he can do it um, in an immensely watchable way. There's a reason he's beloved of many people. Let's also remember that he had originally intended to play Max Shrek in Shadow of the Vampire. Uh, you can see in a previous episode. And and uh, then John Malkovich came along and, and he basically said, OK, I may be producing and I may have some influence over the casting, but this guy is simply better than I'm going to be. Therefore, let him do it. Uh, OK, fair enough. Um, I, yeah, all right. Oh, well... I'm not sure about that because this is possibly my. He's played for laughs, but he's played in a very. Um... I think what works about the relationship uh, that you're talking about and the therapy is that he clearly is. It does work as a toxic relationship that you can see why Renfield is drawn into this charismatic guy who's always promising things that he's never going to deliver and is just using Renfield. He just. Um... Eats the scenery, um, eats most of the... I mean, we have a glorious opening um, uh, vampire fight with um, vampire hunters that is ridiculously over the top. Mm, um, definitely throwing people around the room level. Yes. Uh, one level where he turns into uh, his, his gaseous form, um, enters <laughs> enters a priest, and then explodes him from within. Uh, it's uh, it, it's nicely done. Um yeah, though I was a little surprised, not so much there, but in some of the later fights, it's really very gory. It's, yeah, I, I think in that opening scene, I enjoyed it. It's all very quick. It's a hmm. vampire doing it. Um, this is what, uh, so Nicolas Cage, I think, absolutely um, works for me as Dracula. Hmm. He's, he's, and we'll probably talk about him a bit more later. I could have done but, with more of him, frankly. Yeah, he's not the. I he, he was in it more than I thought because I'd been told he wasn't in it enough, and I think that's because everyone thinks he's the best thing in it, which is 
fair. <laughs> he is. He's got one um, bit of competition. We'll come on to that later. Okie doke. Um, but yes, later on we have, um, insect fueled fights with Renfield, who then basically becomes this superhero and, I don't mind gore for comedy. I don't mind silly gore. I don't find it... I'm not particularly squeamish about it. I don't find it... Unpleasant. Um, and I, we could have done more with it in... Of more... With more of it in Mad Heidi, I think. Um, uh, which we talked about in a previous episode. But here, uh, the joke wears a bit thin. Mm, it, I think... Uh, for, for me, it was... You know, we, we've just established... Okay, we, we've got this basically amusing... Um, yeah, he, he's, he, we, we, we've got fights where people are being, you know, casually thrown off balconies, punched through walls and stuff like that. Yes. And then all of a sudden we have this extremely bloody, I've just punched somebody's head off. Yes. Or, and I, I think those someone. are two, basically two different tones. Yeah. Well, it, it's kind of gore as slapstick, you know, to the, I mean, the level of it is I've pulled this guy's arms off and now I'm throwing the arm at someone else and impaling them against the wall with the bloody stump of the arm that I've just pulled off. Um, yes, and the, the, some... the um, wound making ballistics of body parts are actually a little more complex than that. But, <laughs> well, yeah, but... there are probably about five people who actually know the details. So. <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, all I know particularly is that uh, to a first approximation, a human body behaves rather like water (laughs) when things Mm. happen to it. Um, uh, But, uh, yeah, I agree. It's not that it's... It's kind of that sort of funny, which you're like, I can't believe they did that. But then they do it again and again and again. It doesn't really mesh with the Mm. character we're seeing. And I, I don't entirely mind that, but it's just... Uh, when the characters don't react in a way that you kind of would, and I suppose Renfield's been inured to this a bit because he's spent his life doing it. Um, his powers go a bit over the top, and I agree, the fights go. I would, if that was Dracula doing it all, one, I'd be sort of happy with it. I think um, Cage would be relishing it more. Mm. Um, the, the fact that we have this kind of, I suppose it is part of the comedy, we have this kind of... Uh, uh, sort of upper class twittish Englishman going, oh gosh, sorry, while he's um, <laughs> decapitating people. There's a certain level of humour with that, but it, it wore a bit thin, ultimately. This is an hour and a half long, this film, it, and it dragged a little bit in places for me, I'm going to be uh, honest. Okay, I'll say for me it was a pretty easy watch. Um, right. I, I, I did I, most like of the, the people time. As, as we got them. Um, yes. So we, have, um, we should probably maybe delve back into the plot a bit. Um, so uh-huh. the the other strand initially, uh, we have an obsessed cop who whose father was killed on the job, yes. and she is, as it turns out, um, determined to bring down the criminal family that runs the town. Yes. She doesn't realise just how much they run the town at the start. <laughs> no, um, but uh, so she she is on the trail of the failed son of the criminal family. Now this is uh, Aquafina who is Aquafina's uh, playing playing the cop. Yeah, uh, uh, I've seen her Asian in Ocean's American. Eight, where she was really quite good. I yes, seen her in much I else. saw. Her, I was trying to place her. I have seen her in something else, but she's also a uh, hip hop uh, artist. Obviously, uh, we're all down with our hip hop on this podcast, so we're well familiar with that. Um, but she's yeah, she's really good here, and she's uh, she's not the typical. She's not actually that you see for a for a uh, a female uh, lead. 
Which is nice. She's also not super cop. I mean, she, oh. I mean, yes, on the one hand, the city is very corrupt, but on the other hand, she is making mistakes. I think so. what slightly irritated me about, uh, not about her at all, but she's, uh, as, as well as her story, she's the romantic lead, mm. I think, for Remfield. Uh, uh, which is tricky because, you know, he's, he's effectively got two romantic partners in a way because Dracula's the other mm. uh, main partner in his life. But it's so coy about um, Renfield uh, and uh, Orcafina's, uh sorry, she's called Rebecca in the film. Uh, Rebecca's, like, they never even hold hands. They don't kiss. They don't, mm. I don't know why. I, I would have... I would have liked to see that a bit more because she's, uh, he's sort of a classic British leading, uh, Hugh Grant mould man. And she's, a, as I say, she's a bit shorter and a bit wider and she's, uh, she's really watchable and really interesting. So I would have mm. liked to see that being played up as, um, a couple, you know, a couple who are interested in a physical relationship. But yeah, it, it maybe that give, was just me. It does, does give me a bit of an impression that um, maybe, maybe some of that got cut for time or something of that nature. Yes, perhaps so. Perhaps so. But, um, yeah, so uh, while she is on the trail of um, Tedward the Failson, and he, he's a bit, bit of a um, weak spot for me. He's played by Ben Schwartz, who who is a comedian primarily. And he comes yes. over as I am playing this comedic role strong for me more strongly than he really should. Yeah, I've seen him in um, Parks and Recreation, I think, before, um, where he's funny but fairly one note there, and he's similar note here. Really, he's not bad, but I agree, he doesn't he doesn't seem like a great foil to Remfield in that he doesn't seem particularly threatening. Or particularly believable. Well, his job is basically to be narrative glue and bring the stories together. Uh, yeah. Twice, in fact. Because, f- first of all, uh, Rebecca's chasing him into a restaurant, um, which turns into a hostage situation. And Ren- mm. Renfield is coincidentally there and saves everybody, basically. Yes. Um, which, which is their meat cute. Um, but the, then later, he brings uh, Dracula together with his mother, who is the actual crime boss. Uh, played by the splendid Shurya Agdashlu. Um, She's great. Uh, she, I know her from uh, The Expanse. Yeah, I think, I think it's probably where most people have seen her. Um, and she is definitely the second best thing in this film, and she, she is giving Nick Cage some competition. Sadly, uh, she well, also has yes. quite a small part, but where they're together, yeah. it's, it's clearly, okay, the grown-ups the grown are on the stage now. Go away, kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, well... The other thing, I feel like I'm being unnecessarily harsh. I'm not being unnecessarily harsh. I, I did, you know, you said it was an easy watch. I agree with you. Uh, um, there's a uh, a lot that I really enjoyed about this film. The the crime stuff worked less well for mm. me. Um, I think just because it, uh, it didn't mesh with quite what I was expecting from a vampire movie and a Renfield movie. And it just, um, uh, every time... I think, to be honest, every time Tedward was on the screen and he was arguing with his henchmen, I think, I wanted it to be Nicolas Cage or I wanted it to yeah. be Renfield. I, and I, I wasn't, when it was. Tedward isn't Nicholas... interesting. He isn't compelling. I don't care what yeah. happens to him. Yes. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I, I, I wasn't, he wasn't a compelling character. I didn't really care. And so that subplot, uh, and I, I suppose it makes sense. It's a good excuse to bring in a load of characters that you know are fine to kill. So it's fine if Renfield uh, munches his way through them. Um, 
and Rebecca shoots them, it's fine because they're all baddies. Uh, but that part of it fell a bit flat for me as well. Mm. One has to admit that had uh, Bella Francesca's uh, plan to ally with Dracula not been interrupted by the protagonists, I can't help thinking that in six months' time, Dracula is going to have a first-class ticket to the Sun Lounge, and uh, she is just going to be (laughs) ruling the world. Yes, uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, I I think she would have outplayed him, for sure. She almost certainly would be a vampire at that point as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, action happens. They they ultimately win the fight. Mm. They, there they is a bring back all the a... dead people. Okay, well, one good bit which which was in the trailer is uh, the the uh, leader of the therapy group saying, uh, "Welcome, come in." When Dracula is on the threshold, <laughs> that, I love that. And he's like, "No, no, yeah, that's uh, they play with that quite nicely." Um, yeah, I. I liked a lot of it. I loved the opening scene. I, I loved the, uh, I loved the meshing of the old movies. Um, I really like Nicholas Holt. He's a very, uh, charming leading actor, even if he did lean a bit into Hugh Grant a bit too much. I like Rebecca. Uh, Nicholas Cage is just glorious. Mm. He's just glorious. And it, in some ways, he's just a bit too good for the film that it is, which is, uh, it's a, uh, for me overall, Without uh, too many spoilers, this is a solid like seven out of ten for me. Mm. It's a good film. I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't feel like I wasted my time, but I didn't feel particularly enriched by it or excited by it. But then we have this spectacular performance uh, by Nicolas Cage um, that I just <laughs> I wish it had been in a better film, yeah. um, or I wish the film had been a, a little better. It's I mean, not re- terrible. really, with this cast, it should have been amazing. Yeah. And it's not, which just seems it's half it's halfway, doesn't it? It has, it has moments of brightness, but I I feel yeah, it leans in a bit too heavily on the gore, um, because it's not. I'm not sure quite who it's. Uh, there's a level well, of the, kind the of writer fun. here is Robert Kirkman, who's um, uh, comic it's... book writer, screenwriter, TV producer, uh, co-created The Walking Dead and various other things I haven't heard of. Uh, yeah, but, but not... I, I think I, I don't want to stereotype here because this is certainly not all comics fans are like this. But I think there is a class of comic fan whom some comics are written for, who you know, gore and breasts and action and some quotes, so we can so we can sound clever. Yeah, uh, yes, no, no well, breasts know... in the film. We have touched upon um, 2000 AD before in Judge Dredd, um, and I think your feelings sometimes are that Judge Dredd, uh, which it does do, particularly in the heavy metal Dredd phase, leans into this kind of comedy gore a bit too much. Um, and I think it has done. I, I also think there's much more depth to Dredd and storytelling. But I, uh, where where I don't like Dredd and the, the kind of punk aspect of it is the... Uh, is that when it leans into that ho ho? This man's had his arms chopped off. Isn't that mm-hmm. funny? Um, and I, it's not like I. I mean, I I have a, a visceral dislike of torture porn films, sure. but they're not this kind of thing. They're, I mean, this is just there for laughs, and I don't find it particularly offensive. I just don't find it desperately funny either. Um, after the first few times, and it, it, mm. it tells the same joke again and again here with that. But yeah. there are some, there's some, it was interesting. I was looking for quotes to sort of open the film with. There weren't that many that memorable 
I have to say. Um, and so I think the screenwriting could have been a bit sharper. The script could have been a bit funnier. I, I think it probably doesn't help that, um, this is a straight to film screenplay. Um, right. Yeah. It's not a comic adaptation. It's not, it's not a book adaptation or anything like that. I, I think maybe an, another authorial hand might have helped just to get a slightly yeah. different perspective. It, it, it feels like one person's story, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but he's not a great storyteller. So yeah, shrug. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Kirkman's, uh, The Walking Dead, uh, but I, I'm surprised because he is, he shows no sense of humor whatsoever <laughs> in any of those. Uh, and I do, this film is genuinely funny in a lot mm. of ways. Sometimes just the juxtaposition of, um, uh, Nicholas Holt's Remfield with Dracula being in this, uh, this, I mean, it's the, the kind of gosh, oh, awkward Englishman, uh, juxtaposed, juxtaposed with, um, gore and gang violence is always a bit, uh, sort of inherently slightly funny anyway. And then we got, um, Nicholas Cage's Dracula, who's deadly serious, but in a camp way that is just about funny, but also still manages to be terrifying. Which is, uh, it's very good. Well, I, I think uh, over the last few years we have all become far too familiar with the extremely powerful guy, uh, who has a br- thoroughly broken personality and will never be brought to realise it. Yes. And, and, yes. and he certainly plays into that a certain amount as well. The, the narcissist, um, uh, type, um. Yeah, but, but also, you know, all he can see is the endless cycle of build up a power base, um, the, mon- the monster hunters come, the monster hunters, um, smash, uh, lock him away for another few hundred years. Renfield gets him out somewhere else and so on. So. Yes. Yeah. It does have quite an imaginative, um, killing of Dracula. I didn't quite work out the two. Could you work out what they, they chopped him into little bits, mixed him with something and then melted him in concrete and then split his bits <laughs> into different parts, which I think that that felt to me like um, a round table RPG discussion about how we're we going to make sure this vampire doesn't ever come back to life. Mm. It's the sort of thing that players would come up with after a, a discussion. So I, I yeah. appreciated that. Yeah, it's... I want... All right, this is a thing we've met on Ribbon of Me's before. I wanted it to be more and it isn't more. Yeah, it's... And it's, it's... As it is, it's not bad. I enjoyed watching it. I just felt disappointed because it wasn't the film that I'd imagined from the trailer. And that is not this film's fault. Yeah. I, you know, quite often the people who make the films aren't the ones who make the trailers. Um, I don't know how much of an authorial. We haven't said who directed this, actually. Um, this was directed uh, by someone who I can't remember. Uh, Chris McKay. Um, who oh, Chris I McKay. don't know particularly. Uh, film he's done, I mean, he's done Robot Chicken. Um, oh, yes, which is a similar sort of that kind of humour. Um, I, I want think... A bit of Lego, uh, he's he's well. done a bit of film editing, he's done a bit of writing. In terms of actual directing, um, the Lego Batman movie. That is a good film. Oh, fair enough, I... Confess I wasn't super impressed. Um, two weeks, one year, which is obscure enough not to have a Wikipedia page. Okay. And The Tomorrow War, which is um, basically in the present day, um, soldiers from the future say, we we got aliens coming and they're going to they're gonna destroy everybody. So, so we got to bring, bring you back from the past to uh, be trained to be a future soldier. Or something. Okay. Sounds I've like only seen the film. trailer. It, it didn't leap out at me as particularly fun. Gonna, 
sounds like the sort of film I'm fascinated by the premise and then I would become angry by what the film did with it, I expect. Um, mm. But I might be being unfair there. Um, a lot to like about this film. As you say, the, the main cast, aside from our... Uh, and I think we both feel the same about... Um, Ben Schwartz's character, we just we weren't that enamoured by him, but pretty much everyone else in here was. was I mean, if I'd gone to if I'd gone to see a comedy show and he was giving it, then that might well work. Yes. But as the, I don't have to be competent because my mum is the most powerful criminal in the city character. I didn't yeah. think he really brought that off. No, it's I said maybe a hard character to play. I don't know, but um, he did. Yeah, he didn't really succeed in being threatening or funny. Or anything. But aside from that, there was tons to like about it. I'm very happy to see uh, Nick Cage again. I think we should watch every film he's ever made. <laughs> we probably will, as well as everything we, John Carpenter yes. has directed. Yeah, yeah. Have they ever... Um, I would like to see I The Wicker Man, so. actually. It's supposed to be <laughs> crazily bad. Um, but as for yeah. Renfield... I mean, you've just uh, committed not... us to doing Ghost Rider. I feel I should point that out. Oh, lovely. Okay. Sorry about that. I mean, he has made some crap, it's true. <laughs> uh, but he, as I say, that for me, this is not a masterpiece. Uh, a solid 7 out of 10 film that I would be happy uh, to watch. Uh, if it came on again and I couldn't be bothered to get up and change it, uh, which is unlikely because <laughs> I don't just sit and watch the telly nowadays, um, I would probably watch it. But I wouldn't seek it out again. I think if I had gone into this thinking, oh, well, you know, it's got a bit of Nick Cage in it, but um, he's a bit rubbish, as I would have thought about since before we saw those other two films, then, yeah, uh, I'd have enjoyed it and probably not complained. But as it is, these this cast, I, I want to see Holt do something more with the role, frankly. Uh, I want to see Aquafina do something more with the role, but they're, yeah, they're too shallow. Yeah, there's not much to do there. How about, are, are you, um, a, a Dracula fan generally? Do you like the book? Do you like the filmic versions? Fan is a complicated word. Uh, okay. I don't think the story has been done to death because people seem mostly to invent new ways of telling it. I right. c- compare yeah. something like Batman where basically it's always the same story. Yes. Um, I think people are still finding interesting things to say about Dracula. Maybe not as many interesting things as they were finding to say in the 1930s, but, you know, it's still there. <laughs> we still have parasites. I, the original Dracula is basically the menace of the sexy foreigner against Victorian womanhood. So, <laughs> but, but also the parasitic nobility, which obviously Stoker as an Irishman would have, would like to have feelings about. Would have some thoughts about, yes. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I've got a slightly complicated. I, I, uh, I like the book, like most people, you know, the opening and the, you know, the second section. It's not really a section in the book, but the, you know, the, the crossing of the channel, um, and the fate of those on board, um, is fascinating. Once they hit England, uh, it gets a bit tedious. And we have um, to get the monster hunting party together and we have a yeah. character whose primary personal attribute is American. Uh, (laughs) um i do i'm i'm not a huge i do like vampire stories i like dracula so i'm not a a mega fan i don't particularly have a favorite on-screen dracula or i didn't until nicholas (laughs) cage turned up i i I would love to see him do this again 
in, in, even, maybe even in a serious version. I mean, I, I'd like to see his version of Shadow of the Vampire, frankly. Well, he did. I may direct you to one of his very early films, which is where he convinces himself that he is a vampire. Oh, what is the name of it? Um, uh, I know the one you mean, but I've forgotten the name. Yes. Let's, um, uh, there'll be a brief pause. Right. Vampire's Kiss. Mm. Um, he's, uh, uh, he's convinced that he is a vampire, but he isn't, and it's uh, it's an interesting take on it. It's played for laughs uh, again, but it is a horror film too. Um, there's also a really um, good. This isn't Nicolas Cage, but there's a good um, George Romero film about a, a disturbed young man who thinks he's a vampire, um, uh, which is of course just uh, just his name, which is why I can't remember it now. Um, uh, it is called something like Bob or Carol or <laughs> Sue <laughs> or Ted or Ringo. Um, it's not one of those. Martin, it's called. That's why it's not the most memorable. <laughs> not the easiest to Google. Um, they're, they're all interesting takes. Maybe we should do a vampire um, off at some point. I've we'll noticed that uh, Vampire's Kiss has uh, Maria Conchita Alonso, who we saw in The Running Man. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh, I would, I would recommend it. I, uh, I enjoy it. And if you're interested in seeing him do a, a slightly more serious version of it, um, mm. in fact, I suspect him doing that is what uh, spawned him being a, in this, at least. Quite possibly. I mean, at, at this point, he, he can take the roles he likes, and as I understand it, it's, it's quite rare for him to take a role that isn't a leading role. But there was clearly something about this that appealed to him, and I could see him. Well, it's, it. it's that he could play Dracula. <laughs> I, I mean, that's uh, that's probably the appealing thing. Um, yes, very good, um, but ultimately a bit forgettable. Um, a slightly not a bad film, but not a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, I go along with that. And oh, uh, just in passing, hi Aki Draco. Nick has a new microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yeah, see, you shamed me into improving my microphone. So now you can hear the full horror of my voice. But uh, I really think all, all there is to say is, I don't ask for much, just the blood of a few dozen innocent people. Do we have every, every episode, do I have to get some? I don't understand. Oh, you'll okay. get used to it. I'll try again. All right, Master. I mean, Roger. Um, good night. <laughs>